I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here for this extended interview with Joe where he's going to talk to us about how to make fitness more accessible while we're on the road. Hi Joe, how are you? Hey Debbie, I'm awesome, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Before we get to all of your tips and tricks, can you tell us about yourself and why you live an offbeat life? Yes, I'm Joe. I'm originally from Germany. Uh, when I was a kid, we moved around a lot. So for me, it kind of was normal not to have like a home base or fixed roots. And yeah, so I took that in my adult life, tried to be a programmer for a while, which didn't work out too well. And then I started to be a fitness coach, uh, started to do that online to keep the, the location independence. And yeah, that's how I got here. Yeah, I love that. And obviously, if you want to hear more about Joel's journey, how he got to this point, um, you can listen to his initial interview um, on our site and on the podcast. But today we're going to talk about how to make fitness a lot more accessible for us. And I know it can be really hard, um, especially when you're constantly on the go, or even if you're just on vacation, right? And you want to make sure that you're keeping up with your regular fitness schedule and you don't know what you're going to be uh, going to, if they have a gym or maybe not, um, if you're, you feel like you're too busy. So what do you, what would you say, Joe, like the first thing that you should do in order to, to make this work for yourself? Like you're, you know, it could be for anybody. I mean, uh, so for nomads, I would say it's, they have the same requirements as everybody else to take care of the body or the same, you would have to do the same stuff. And then just as digital nomads, it's a little bit more difficult to get that actually integrated into your life or into your routine. And so I think a big part of it is that it's, um, or where should, where should we start? Um, when we work with nomads, we normally tell them three, three main, uh, topics that we focus on to stay or get in shape, which is one, uh, movement snacks, meaning that you stay active during the day, that especially when you work on shitty desks or in a cafe that you regularly keep yourself moving and just don't get the stiffness that then leads to back pain and all the other issues that we don't want. And the second one is strength training. Everyone needs to strength train if they want to be healthy when they're a little bit older. And also just for general quality of life. So in our gym, we call it adventure readiness. Um, if you're too unfit to go on a hike, why are you even nomading? And the third thing, which is a little bit more um, 
specialized maybe is for us intermittent fasting, which also fits great if you're traveling a lot. Um, so because your, your physical rhythm is also dependent on when you eat. And so you can uh, adjust a little bit how you jet lag or how you feel after you, you take a trip by the way you control when and how much you eat. And so these three, like strength training, intermittent fasting and movement snacks is our three main pillars that we work with. And, but that's also what I mostly work with people in the gym. So that are not, not traveling a lot. And I think the main, main thing I'm talking a lot about is like keeping it minimal or, um, making it less complicated because fitness industry is super, super interested in making it seem complicated to buy all or to sell all the gadgets and the supplements and the hundred million workout programs that nobody needs. And so, yeah, I think the three pillars are kind of important for everybody, but as nomads, I think it's especially important to focus on the basics and advanced basics and make it, yeah, like you said, accessible by not making it too complicated. Yeah, because that's the thing that usually stops people from doing it is because they're like, oh, I can't have all of these equipments and what am I going to do? And you can definitely do it without any of that. I know you have um, your three pillars. And one of the things like before we got into this interview that really excited me was your movement snacks because you put snacks in it. And I was telling Joe how much I love food and that already enticed me. <laughs> um, can you explain that more? Like what is a movement stack? It just, it just means like you have to move your body because, um, you know, oftentimes as, as digital nomads or remote workers, we're always sitting down to work. Um, so can you explain that a little bit more? Like what kind of movements do you do um, and how do you do them? Yes, definitely. So, um, I really like the analogy to, to normal food, because if you think how you snack yourself out of shape or how people get overweight has a lot to do, like not always, like there's different, different ways to get heavy, but one of them is just like eating food, um, more or less unconsciously during the day and just like, oh, there's a Snickers here, especially when I was working in the office, for example, as a programmer. Like everyone brings donuts and then someone has a birthday and then you go out and of course you have the dessert and then there's more chocolate in the office and it's just this constant, constant filling up. And the other way around, it's just the same, same idea that you, during the day, try to get as many movements in as possible. And I think every movement helps. I know, I think nobody's surprised when I say that sitting is not really good and I also don't really like standing desks because it's less about the position and more about the, the duration you stay in it. So standing for a long time will also give you back pain. Sitting for a long time will give you back pain. Um, and so, yeah, the idea is to keep it moving. So for me, it's uh, I warm up once a day. I do my morning mobility routine and then I just try to make sure that I never get stiff and never never get into a position where I have to get up and my back is like oh, a little bit tight. And it takes some practice at the beginning to, to recognize when you're, when you should have snacked already. <laughs> um, but 
But yeah, so that's the whole idea. And then depending on where you are, when I'm in a cafe, I'm not doing a whole mobility routine when I'm working there, but I at least get up and maybe go to the toilet and then stand a little bit, maybe walk around the block for a second. And But then if I'm in a more uh, fitness accepting place, I do deep squats, stretches, mobility exercises. Sometimes when I'm at home, I also like to do strength training exercises as mobility as movement snacks um, because that has a lot of benefits to just do that. And you can't do it if you're warmed up all day. So like starting strength training without a warm up normally is not a good idea. But <clears throat> yeah, if you if you stay constantly moving or not constantly, but so much that it doesn't make you stiff. That's a good baseline to work from. Yeah. And also, um, you know, stretching definitely helps because you mentioned this and obviously we all know this if you're working from home or, you know, that's just what you do is you just sit down in front of your computer and you work all day. Um, and that really hurts, at least for me, like my back. And I'm sure it does to a lot of people. And one of the things that I always love is like stretching in the mornings and at the end of the day or midday, especially when it's hurting a lot. Um, but I love that you're talking about movement and kind of getting used to that. In the beginning, it's um, it could be, you know, you reminding yourself a lot, but then afterwards it becomes a habit, which is really good, a good habit to have. <laughs> and I think your body or like just the mechanisms we have to to make habits, like if it feels good, you are inclined to do it more often. And if you see the benefits from doing mobility exercises, doing work, uh, it's easy to just keep doing it. And because you mentioned stretches, I was over, <laughs> almost, because I also said it, then I get up and stretch a little bit, but it's just, uh, I, I didn't really want to say that because that's one of my big topics. That's stretching is so overvalued and it doesn't really solve the problem for most people. And so you have to stretch once or twice a day and then it feels good for a little bit. And then it comes back again. <laughs> yes. And so I'm so a little bit more technical detail. So mobility means um, the flexibility that you can control with your own muscles or with your own movement uh, intention. Um, so if I lift my arm, for example, overhead as far as I can, that's my mobility. And then if you would push it a little bit further, I would have more range of motion and that's my flexibility. Mm. And uh, for me, it's way more important to increase your mobility, to increase the range of motion that you can actually control. And for that, you need strength in a, in a certain amount. And so I think for most people, or the other way around, stretching for me makes sense if your body is really tight because you work out a lot. But if you don't strength strain to actually fix your posture issues or to actually make your lower back more enduring so it can take, so it can take longer bouts of sitting, because sometimes, let's be honest, if I'm in the plane and I have the window seat, I'm not getting up every half hour to do some movement snacks. Yeah. And then I need to sit for a few hours or can't do anything about it. But I still want want to be able to get up and don't feel it. And that doesn't come from stretching, but from mobility exercises or, more importantly, strength training. 
Yeah. And that's one of the things that, um, you know, that you do is you talked about that we just discussed now the movement stacks and then the importance of strength training. So can you give us examples of what that actually is and why it's so important, especially when you're on the road? I mean, strength training, you can separate it into different aspects of strength. So you have strength endurance, which would be like, for example, you hold a weight with a stretched out arm and then like, how long can you hold that? That would be your strength endurance. Uh, on the other side would be like, what's the heaviest weight you could lift at one time? That would be your maximum strength. And so there's different aspects of strength and it's important to train all of them. And also one of the things that most people that train already miss out on that they focus only on one or two of these different dimensions of training. Um, but for people who don't work out already, it's, I mean, most classic example would be a push-up. I think everyone knows how that look like, uh, how that looks like. And then depending on how many you can do, if you can do a hundred push-ups, that's a lot. And also more strength endurance exercise. If you could do, for example, one or two, solid push-ups that would be more of a maximum strength type exercise. And that's also what you what you mostly have to focus on in the nomad, as a nomad or if you're not training in a gym or if you're building your own more flexible training programs because they would be mostly with body weight or maybe if you have a suspension trainer or some elastic bands or something like that. Um, but you're still not... You can't go to the gym and say, okay, today I'm doing 20 kilos and tomorrow I'm doing 50 to train another aspect of my, of my strength. And so <clears throat> finding the right variation of a body weight exercise that actually targets the dimension you want to improve. So like I said, if I want to be stronger and I already can do 50 body weight squats or 50 push-ups, then that's not going to do a lot. So you have to find a variation that has a higher intensity. And that being said, it maybe sounds like you have to have a lot of variations. But going a, back step to, uh, a step back to what's the different areas of the body we want to train. So you could focus on muscle groups, but we like to focus on movement patterns. So there's pushing, pulling, squatting, rotating, and a few variations of that. And then you just need a handful of exercises that cover these different movement patterns. And then you have to make sure you pick the variation. For example, with the push-up to make it harder, you could just elevate your feet or maybe work on a more one-sided variation. So you put one hand more out to the side so that one side is more... Uh, is next more. Those are good examples of what you can do, though. And obviously, you can also reach out to Joe if you need more, um, you know, examples. Or do you have videos on your site, Joe, to kind of show it? Um, or do you have recommendations of where people can go to to get information on that type of exercises? Yes. So I have a YouTube channel or we have the Nomad Strong YouTube channel. On my LinkedIn profile, I have a free PDF as a workout guide. There's uh, 15 exercises. And so the three dimensions, or we, we split it up into power, strength, and strength endurance. And so you have five exercises for each of these. And that's definitely helpful, or people can check that out. But I also want to emphasize that it's not that complicated, or that it's not... 
um, not that hard to, to figure out like, which is, I mean, the hardest part is probably like, which is my current level. Like, as I said, if I can do 20 push-ups, it's different than if I can't do any push-ups. And then I have to adjust a little bit, like what's my starting point. But <clears throat> what I like to, um, to tell people what is, I think, pretty, pretty good to grasp is we want to train the movement patterns as if we were doing a 100-meter sprint, a 400-meter sprint, or a marathon. So I think everyone can imagine, oh, again, with the meters. Uh, but you know what I mean, right? Like, what's that 40 yard dash probably, <laughs> but like a short sprint that you could repeat as often as you wanted. If you had like five or 10 minutes break, and then a longer sprint that's so, so taxing to your body that you need at least a day or two to repeat the same effort. And then a marathon where you could just go forever, basically. And that's cardio or that's running. But if you look at strength training, you can set it up the same way. So you look for exercises that are very intense, but you only do a few of them and you don't go to muscle failure. You stay in your range of comfort. So three jumps as high as you can, some, something like that. And then you take long rest times and then you repeat that. That's a, also the, the aspect that most people ignore is their power production. And then secondly, that's probably what most people do in the gym or at least most younger guys do in the gym is then like pick a weight or an exercise where you can do eight to 10 reps. And then you take that to muscle failure and then really do as many as you can. <clears throat> and the other thing would be like, just pick an exercise that you could do 20, 25 reps and decrease the, the rest time and try to keep moving as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, it's, like you had mentioned, it's not as difficult as it seems. Um, and I know it can be overwhelming if you're just starting out, but I think once you get like a routine going, um, obviously you, you can change it up here and there, but it's, it becomes a lot easier for you to do that and it becomes a habit. And I love that, um, Joe is able to help people with that, especially if you, you know, you're not very comfortable, um, doing this stuff on your own. So Joe, if our listeners want to learn more about you, learn more about your program and they want to reach out to you, where can they find you? So our online gym, which is uh, targeted to digital nomads is at nomadstrong.com. I'm uh, pretty, pretty convinced that strength is one of the most important aspects we have to train. So I really like our name, uh, Nomad Strong. Um, yeah, that on Instagram, on LinkedIn, um, on YouTube. Yeah. Me personally, uh, it's Joe keeps moving on Instagram. If you want to text me, not the gym. Feel free to <laughs> here. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. We really appreciate all the tips that you gave us. Thanks, Debbie. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Joe. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview where he shares how he transitioned from being a software developer to becoming an online personal trainer.
Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreateapodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreateapodcast.com for more information. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Live. I'll talk to you soon.